0: Travelling through another dimension. dimension. A dimension not only of sight
1: and sound, but of mind. mind. A journey into a wondrous land land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your
2: next stop? The Twilight Zone. Tonight on the Twilight Zone podcast, we reach the halfway point in the new... Twilight Zone show. And to mark that point, I've got two guests with me tonight. Now you've heard them both on the Twilight Zone podcast before. My first guest many times in many forms. My second guest is a little bit different. So I'll introduce my first guest first, Brandy. It's good to have you back on the Twilight Zone podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. It is good to be back. It's always a pleasure.
2: Thank you. Thanks for coming back. Now, my second guest, you will have heard him back in the Rod Sailing Planet of the Apes episode where he played Michael Wilson. And one of the highlights for me, you know, he came in at the end and really kind of uh, put in a great performance, and that is Jeff Holland, how's it going, man? It's
0: going okay. Thank you very much for the kind words. Read that. That was a blast to do. It is a uh, honor to be on this. It really is. It's nice to actually just actually talk to you. <laughs> we've known each other. We've known each other for years. You are my first internet friend.
2: Wow. Okay. What an honor that is.
0: You were you were you were the first real internet friend that I had from way back in the day. So it is an honor to actually finally be on a show talking to you.
2: That's great. And um, so for anyone who hasn't come across you before, apart from uh, the Planet of the Apes episode, just tell us a bit about you, Jeff, and what you do the kind of stuff you're into uh
0: right now i'm doing a uh, show called the slum gullion it is myself and scott mm-hmm. clevenger he is a writer and it's a pop culture show our big thing is uh we watch a movie usually we have never seen before out of any genre and then uh-huh. we go in depth on it um I also, in the olden days, I had a comedy thing, Mike and Ike, to Immortal Alien Stoners. Um, Mr. Elliot here named their podcast way back in the day. <laughs> and um, this year, uh, the boys are actually coming back. Um, I have a commentary track for 2018's Halloween, which is going to be coming out in about a month or so. And I am putting out a okay. comedy album later this year.
2: Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, so a lot going on there. That's great. Now, it's funny, and it was kind of like this with you, Brandy, for a while. We've been friends for a long time, but we all knew we were Twilight Zone fans, but we never really talked about it. So, Jeff, you're you're a Twilight Zone fan yourself. Since
0: I was seven years old.
2: (laughs) There you go. So we're at this point now, this halfway point in the season. Before we get into this episode, is there anything you want to say about the first four?
0: So far, I have been enjoying this. Um, There has been nothing Mm. that I should say that – and this isn't even a bad thing. There has been nothing that has wowed me or that has bowled me over like, say, Midnight Sun did from the original series the first time I saw it. Still one of my favorite episodes of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've been thoroughly enjoying this. Um, I, I like the hour. Or full of 40 minutes. I, I like, I have no problem with the longer time. as I, 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 When the story's right, the, the, the format works. And color, I'm not even gonna, mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna talk about that stupidity. Like I said, nothing, nothing, nothing bad so far. I haven't seen a bad episode yet. And I mean, like you said, it's only four episodes in. They still need to, I mean, eventually, you know, they're still finding their their, their feet, so to speak.
2: Brandy, you uh, you joined me on The Comedian, which was the first episode that we did. Second, things got a bit muddled back there in the beginning. But um, you, you've since uh, put some feedback on the feedback show as well. But now we're a bit closer to the middle. Uh, we'll get to tonight's episode in a moment, obviously. But what do you think of, of the show so far up to that point?
1: Well, I am enjoying it. There there are some things that I like more than others. I think that probably the strongest episodes so far have been The Comedian and Replay, but it's yeah, it's a it's creating an emotional reaction in me, and that is mm. always a good thing because if I'm bored, you're not going to get an emotional reaction out of me. So I'm certainly not bored, and I just I look forward to every episode. I look forward to watching it, re-watching it, seeing things that I missed. And I, I love the way it's filmed. And uh-huh. I love the way I love Jordan Peele's narrations. And I feel like anyone who criticizes the time uh, that of the episodes, which actually varies from episode to episode, no two episodes okay. have had the exact same runtime. It's mm-hmm. been 40 minutes here, 37 minutes here, 54 minutes here, etc. It doesn't matter. Take how long it takes to tell the story. And storytelling evolves with the technology of the time. That's just a fact. And people who can't get behind that are actually missing out, and I feel bad for them. So I'm enjoying <laughs> exactly. Twilight Zone. Of course I'm enjoying myself.
2: I think for me, you know, five episodes in, and we'll, we'll talk about episode five in a moment. At first, it, it is an adjustment. Your head's spinning a little bit. You're trying to take all these details in, and it's just like ticking boxes against the original show. I think at this point I have really just relaxed into that now. It is its thing, you know. It's earned enough goodwill in me that I don't sit there now thinking, well, the original show done this and the original show did that. This is the show now, you know. And things like Doctor Who, which have been on the air for for decades, apart from the core concept of a guy or girl now Mm -hmm. uh, going around Mm -hmm. in a... In a, in a time machine to, to di- different places. That core concept is the same, but so many things are different. And you have eras of Doctor Who, and people say, well, I like that era better than that era, which is great, you know, and that's all part of being a fan. And people might say, well, a particular era doesn't work for me, you know, and that's, that's fine too. But I think because that evolution was, you know, so gradual over the years, and then we had New Who come along, and and that's when the sort of there was a lot of gripe. And well, this isn't like the old show kind of thing, but you know, it, it was a gradual development. And I think had the Twilight Zone not went off the air, it wouldn't maybe be so hard for some people to adjust to it. And if people don't adjust to it, that's fine. Like I, like I said at the beginning. For some people, the Twilight Zone begins and ends with the original show, and, and I completely respect that. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. I think where I, I do start to get issues with it is if the, if that's your point of view and you just keep putting that out there, you know, well, you know what? Some people do like the new show, so let, let people just like what they like, you know? And thankfully... The Twilight Zone podcast listeners, and I know some of them don't e- aren't even interested in a new show, have been quite respectful and just sort of sit back and be patient while, while we do this, and, and that's great, you know? Okay, so we have episode 5 to get into it, so let's do that, because tonight's episode is called The Wonderkind. First broadcast on the 25th of April 2019, written by Andrew Guest and directed by Richard Shepard. Ralph Hanks is the wonderkind, a political campaign manager who is seemingly at the top of his game. But when the serving president gets voted out of office after only one term, his career hits the skids and he spends his days propping up his local bar. It's there that he sees a clip of Oliver Foley, an 11 year old YouTube vlogger who claims that he wants to be president. Seeing Oliver as his path back to the top, Ralph convinces his parents to allow him to run his presidential campaign. So that's where our story begins, and uh, it takes us a, a few places along the way, and we'll get to that in a moment, but I always like to touch upon the Jordan Peel opening <laughs> narration. Jeff your your first time on the show what what are your thoughts on Peel as narrator
0: when I first heard that Peel was doing this I, I thought okay this is awesome and then when I saw us I was like, okay, just the fact that he's involved in this this is awesome I love him I absolutely adore Jordan Peel mm-hmm. I have been a huge fan since Ke and Peel but I mean this turn that his career has taken it just makes me it has me more of a man crush on that guy and um yeah. He's, he's, he's perfect he he is a perfect narrator there's about the, the the gaze that he has as he's looking into the camera i uh-huh. hate using this phrase but i really don't i think Serling would be proud I do i think I think rod Serling Good. would like what peel is doing
2: now it's interesting with this one because i i always like it obviously when um the, the narrator yep. is interacting with the scene i used to not hate it on the old Twilight Zone, but There was ones when they would do a whip pan over to Rod Sailing, and a lot of the time it meant that he he wasn't actually there, you know, and they just had to kind of bodge things together. But I really noticed with this one, when they pan over to Jordan Peele, it was like a classic Twilight Zone whip pan and they might have done it before. But, but this time it kind of made me smile because it mm-hmm. just seemed like such a homage, you know, the, the whip pan across. Um, so what what do you think of this this opening today?
0: I was expecting to see him standing just like in an empty space like they did with Serling. I, I, like you said, I, I, I yeah, love that whip yeah. pan too. This is the first time I noticed it. And I was expecting just to see him standing in the empty stage like occasionally they would do. So that was... I do think you're right, I think it was an homage, and I absolutely adored it.
1: Oh, I definitely think it was an homage, because I noticed it as well. And I don't recall any other whip panning so far in any of the episodes. They were all slow panning to wherever Uh he was. And it's, I think... You you don't do that just to do it. You do that to say, hey, we remember. <laughs> so I appreciated yeah. it. I love, though, that so far every time that he's appeared, he has been interacting with the environment. It, it, unless it's just a voiceover at the end. But if he's actually on screen, he's in the environment in which that scene that we have just seen or are about to see has just has taking place. And I, mm-hmm. I always love it when he appears in person because I just, I love the way he stands. I love the way he walks. I love his facial expressions, his intonation. He's not trying to be Rod Serling. He's doing it his own way and it's still pitch perfect for me.
2: I think in this one, and I, you know, it might just be pure chance. Uh, they might not have actually been filmed in this order. We, we just don't know, but he seemed more relaxed it was as if he'd really just settled into things and i I like the first ones and i never had a problem with them but if you put them side by side i think he was a little stiffer in those whereas in this one there's a real kind of looseness about them and i think he's really just settled into it if you know what i mean
1: yeah i i can see that and uh, i agree he's just comfortable he's comfortable now And he's making us comfortable.
2: I'm going to be quite upfront about this one. Um, There's a bit of an elephant in the room about this. And, uh, you know, we've got to kind of tackle it at some point. You know, on the Twilight Zone podcast, I do try to remain politically neutral. You know what I mean? It's not about me. It's about the Twilight Zone. And I think I always use sailing as my guiding star, if you like. If Sailing is presenting a point of view in the episode, then it's quite safe to agree with that point of view because, you know, generally I do anyway, because, uh, because you know, he, he is Rod Sailing for a reason and, and what he's written has lasted for a reason. And I have got kind of um, a bit of negativity about that in the past, uh, not overwhelmingly so, but there have been times. In the last couple of years, specifically where, you know, I I have been accused of creating propaganda, if you like. I'm not going to get into that, but the reason I'm bringing it up is that I have friends from this show with different political opinions, and I am completely okay with that because we need some common ground in the world these days, I think. And our common ground is the Twilight Zone for a lot of people, and if we can have spaces where people can kind of come together in it and say, you know what, we both like this thing, then, then maybe people can find more common ground as well, you know, you, because not everyone, but it seems that we, we are living in a time when people kind of jump behind their own lines because it's all, you go on Twitter and it's attack, 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 you know, and, and I th- feel that. It puts people in a, in a much more defensive position. I'm kind of rambling now. I didn't mean it to go this far. But what, but what I'm saying is this, this isn't for us to, to kind of say what's right and wrong. But we've been presented with a show here that we need to discuss. And I would hope that people will kind of treat us with the same respect as we treat the audience and, and the show. Um, this is not about saying anyone's right or wrong in their political beliefs but we've been presented with this and we have to tackle it. So, you know, let's just keep it nice and cool out there, people. Let's keep it nice and cool, okay? So... You've done your due diligence, Tom. Let's get nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that, man. Don't say that. That's not what I need. <laughs> okay, kidding? I know. I know. Um, okay. So, we will get to that elephant in the room later but... You know, for me, it's called The Wonderkind and The Wonderkind is Raff Hanks, which is John Cho's character. It's a story of two halves. It's pre-election, pre-president and then post. So, let's just kind of stay loose with it. You know, this this first half, any thoughts on on what you're seeing?
1: I've been struggling with this because it is very difficult for me to quantify exactly how I feel about this episode because I have multiple feelings. About mm-hmm. it. Um, I love John Cho and I was really happy to see him. And I'm loving seeing the diversity in the cast. I also really loved seeing Allison Tolman. Curvy girls rule and should get more roles. Hire mm-hmm. the curvy girls because she is fantastic, whether she's doing drama or comedy. She is great at both. Hire Allison Tolman more, please. Applause, um, <laughs> applause. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, I I I love actually I I really appreciate everyone in this episode, and it was nice to see Jacob Tremblay again because uh, the last time I think that he's really been in my consciousness was when he was in the room with Brie Larson for which mm. or not just room the room, it was room just room not the room. <laughs> um, that's a totally different story that i'm not even going into but uh, <laughs> she did win an academy award for that and he is um he's actually quite a talented young man also his actual sister playing his fictional sister so <laughs> that was lovely they're just there's all, all the people i felt none of the performances in in this episode i appreciate having it go from uh Raph's point of view through this story. And it's, for me, it comes across as a commentary of manipulation of the public consciousness, because that's what campaign managers do. Mm -hmm. They, they pull from different pools of data. Let's not even go into the whole Cambridge Analytica thing that happened in real life. And they, they manipulate public perception based on very particular words phrases pictures etc and he raff is excellent at that even though he fouled up in the beginning of the episode which shout out to john larouquette enjoyed seeing you throw in a tantrum man the thing is is that he actually starts to believe his own stuff mm-hmm. and mm-hmm that's when the problems happen and that's when things careen out of control and he pays for it horribly, which, yeah. um, I don't, I feel like, because he's likable, he is likable and we're kind of rooting for him. But at the same time, we're like, what are you doing? Why are Mm -hmm. you doing this? Stop that. And everybody else just lets things happen. And how many and I'm not saying that, you know, the end result of the story is an atrocity on the same level as, say, you know, the bombing of Pearl Harbor or something like that. But people just standing by and doing nothing are how some of the worst atrocities in history have happened. And we're still not learning from that, are we? <laughs> and I feel like it's, it's even easier to manipulate people today because of social media. And they integrate that into the show. They integrate that into this episode. So they show us all of these things and show us how easy it can be to get, you know, And I mean, great. Granted, this is a fantasy because there's no way in reality that that kid would ever become president, even Uh with the technicality of his mother's name being on the ballot. There's no way that's going to happen in our current reality because electoral college popular vote. Yeah, that could happen. Electoral college. Probably would not let that happen. I say probably, because anything actually is possible now. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a difficult episode for me to say I loved it, I hated it, or, or anything in between, because there are aspects of it that I find frightening, and I should, and people should find mm-hmm. aspects of this frightening, because these are aspects of actual life things that actually go on in the political arena and everywhere else in social media. And we should be scared by that. We should be more diligent about not letting this kind of crap happen because mm-hmm. terrible things happen when people do nothing.
0: A uh, Slight difference from what Brandy said. I have to say, while I, I loved John Cho's performance, he, he was really, really good in the episode. Um, I didn't find him a very likable character. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, and this is not a bad thing, I wasn't rooting for him. I just thought, okay, this guy's kind of a... D- <laughs> and, um, that was a lot, of, a lot of the characters in this episode. Now, normally, I've said before on many different occasions, give me one character that I like and uh, I will follow you anywhere. I don't care, you know, uh, logic problems or anything. Give me a character that I like and I'll go down the road with you. And mm-hmm. there wasn't a single character that I liked in this episode. But one of the things I liked about this episode so much was that I was deeply invested into it. I mm-hmm. wanted to see where it ended just because of the writing and the acting. Because yeah, I had no clue if that was his real-life sister playing his fake sister. So that was some, That was really cool right there. But um, I was utterly fascinated by this story, even though I didn't like a single character in it. And that's that's unusual for me. It yeah. may have been... The framing device, like showing John on the table and then doing the flashbacks, that really got me. I kind of, I wanted to, I wanted to see the end of it because I wanted to know what was going on with him there, and the fact that they kept going back to him and then going back. I'm like, okay, what is going on here? What is happening? And why? How did he get to this spot? And mm-hmm. I did. I found that absolutely fascinating. And um, I also want to like ape something else that brandy said i definitely got that for me this this whole episode was and you t- you touched upon it, you stole my words social media manipulation well not just social media but the whole episode for me was about manipulation in general and manipulation mm. of the masses and um also agreeing with brandy this stuff is getting very scary and you know without without diligence and paying attention and opening your mouth Stupid stuff like this could actually happen, but um, for me, it really was about look at all of these people just being warped, their perceptions being warped by a smile and a "quote-unquote" cancerous dog.
2: Gonna find it tough to add anything to that. I mean, if we if we're talking about that first half, especially, I never was particularly political growing up, but then as you get older, you you start to realize how much these things matter and how much these things do have an effect on your life that you're blissfully unaware of sometimes when you're a kid. So especially in the last few years, it's something that I've definitely started to take notice of because I think now we kind of have to, you mm-hmm. know. I, I do think, and, and this is in the episode, that irrespective of which party you vote for, etc., etc., you know, it's it's this thing that we've put up with for years, lying politicians, you know, and people joke about it. We have characters on television who are lying politicians, but it, it keeps going on and it keeps going on and nothing really ever changes. In fact, it just gets worse. And now, especially with the advent of technology, spin doctors, you know, we, we are being lied to on, on a kind of mammoth scale. No matter who you vote for, who the party I vote for in England are not blameless in this throughout history. And I I can point to both of the main parties. You sit and watch an interview with any politician, the way they swerve their their way around those questions. We're so used to it now that we sit and kind of let it happen. And nothing really changes. So then you add on to it this level of manipulation this level of we're only really seeing what they want us to see or they will spin things in a particular way to cover things up or make things seem better and so on and so on. I think this is ripe material for The Twilight Zone to mine. Um You know, John Cho, I think, was great as well. I think he did really, really well in the, in the episode. And The Twilight Zone does have a history of despicable main characters, and I think mm-hmm. he he did kind of walk that line nicely of being not particularly morally someone who you can support, but he was still likable to watch. So, so far so good to a degree, but I do have kind of mixed feelings on this episode as well. So, okay. It happens. I mean, this, this aspect of Oliver becoming president, and like you said, Brandy, it's really his mother who's the president, but, it's sort of like been manufactured in this way. I know some people have struggled with the just this being the concept anyway. Any thoughts on that?
1: Well, this is my thought. And I was thinking about this after watching it the second time. It's like, okay, so his mom is actually the president. Mm. But it's still easier for a male child to become president than an adult female (laughs) there was that (laughs) tiny little commentary in there because why why did they put the mom on the ballot why wasn't it the dad because you know we have a history in this country of not wanting to let females do anything oops no i shouldn't have said it that way um there there has been a history in humanity of women being a lower class status and unfortunately that's still happening today and if you don't believe that's happening just go talk to a woman so <laughs> i i just i just found that interesting that they would choose her to put on the ballot so but the, the this is the thing that i struggle with the most in the episode is the fact that you know it actually happens that mm. no one says no this is not legal you can't do this uh-huh and Because there are laws and you cannot just change those laws on a whim, despite what an 11 year old boy may think. You don't just get to change the laws. That's why we have Congress. That's why we have the judiciary uh, aspect of the government. We have the three three heads of the government who keep tabs on each other so that no one thing can go out of control. And Mm -hmm. yet they're expecting me to believe that this kid could actually get elected and I just can't quite get there. I just, (laughs) that's the one part where I just cannot suspend my disbelief. I tried Mm -hmm. so hard, but I just couldn't get there.
0: Maybe it's because this is the Twilight Zone, but that didn't bother me. I mean, it did, but um, it wasn't an issue for me. For me, I, I... Contrary to what I said earlier, I, ha- I had more of an issue with trying to find a character that I liked. Mm. That, was the, that, was, that, that, that was an issue for me, was the fact that I did not like a single character in this. I mean, the writer in me loved the story. How the story was told, you know, I mean, there, was some real, there were a couple of really great lines of dialogue in the episode. So the writer in me absolutely loved it, but the watcher in me, was like i don't like any of these people why am i supposed to care Mm -hmm. so i was kind of there was my duality with the episode
2: okay okay it's uh it's interesting because it is ludicrous obviously as we see this season develop and we see that it, it well it's not the anthology we expected in terms of, well, here's a story, here's another story. You know, there are these little threads. There are these little links. And I do wonder whether, because The Comedian started it off, it's about a comedy club. Stuff goes on in a comedy club. There's comedy clubs, you know, all over the place. Then Nightmare at 30,000 Feet, you know, it was on an aeroplane, replay. It's just a very down-to-earth story. Then we get episode four, where the aliens come. Then we get episode five, where things are a bit more stranger and I do wonder whether the season as it advances is just getting more and more bizarre and maybe is that by design next time we've got a mission to Mars and who knows what's going to happen there so I I, I do wonder whether it's just it is a kind of commentary on you know 10 years ago to now it's just like the world has gotten crazy you know and i do wonder whether that's kind of the point of what they're saying here and and the ludicrousness of it um and but yeah you know i get it it's it's a tough sell this this kid becoming president um and a lot of people have kind of likened it to it's a good life and i suppose you can make that comparison it's just his power comes from a different place if you like
1: actually when we were watching this episode the first time my husband and i uh Dave turned to me and he says, well, it's not wishing people into the cornfield, is it? <laughs> 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 and I, I started laughing. Um, but uh, yeah, I I like that viewpoint, Tom, about ta- looking at it as a whole. I hadn't really thought about that up until now. And that's why I like speaking with other people because they show me different aspects that I may have missed. So I mm. I actually like that. And now I'm going to take that headcanon with me into the rest of the series
0: me too me too he got me as well
2: (laughs) yeah thank you tom
1: yeah
0: well
2: let's hope i'm right you know
1: (laughs) well it's in my head you are
0: and the evidence supports your theory good sir so
1: yeah that's the beauty of headcanon i can make it whatever i want
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right okay Let's, let's address a a certain aspect of it then, because then we can just open up and give our, our thoughts about, you know, what happens next. Obviously, Oliver gets into power. He's a bratty kid and John Cho, uh, Raf Hanks rather. See, well, he seems to have a moment of conscience now and he's like, Oh my God, what have I done here? which I think is some of his best work when he's sort of starting to realise and unravel. I really like what he does with that part of the show. Mm-hmm. Some have said that, obviously, the Oliver character is a a Trump analogy. He he represents Donald Trump. Taking that Oliver is a, a kind of Trump representation, and I'm an outsider looking in on this. You know, I see things on the news, on the internet, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to sit here and say how Americans should run their country and how Americans should do things. That's, that's not my place. We've got a couple of things going on here too, you know. I, I, <laughs> I was going to say I wish they'd do an episode about Brexit, but it would just be like no one could decide what was in it and it would just go on forever. So <laughs> <laughs> Points. Points, You know, so people think these episodes are long. That one would would keep going on. That'd (laughs) be a
0: season-long arc, if (laughs) not more seasons.
2: (laughs) So, you know, this is not uh, about me kind of saying it, commenting on the American uh, system. That's not for me to do. I will say, though, that on the one hand, I think when we stop television shows or art taking shots at people in power... I think we're on a very dangerous path. They always need to be able to do that. And obviously there's going to be varying degrees of, um, viciousness of cleverness. You know, there's different ways of doing it, but I think we always need to do it because if that's ever stopped, then we are in a, in a dangerous situation where the person in power is beyond criticism. And I think the sixties twilight zone. Sailing would comment on things like McCarthyism. I don't know a great deal about that, but I would imagine there was still people around at that time who probably agreed with Senator McCarthy's point of view. So I don't think the original show was as safe as some people would like to think. It's just we've had 60 years to, to process it and put it in a nice little box. So, so the fact that they've done it If this, if indeed Oliver is a Trump analogy, I'm fine with. Whether it's right or wrong, I'll leave that up to everyone else to say. But from a personal point of view, you know, I I really dig the kind of story of Raf, the campaign manager who thinks, oh my God, what have I done? Because he's the main character for me. The the character of Oliver is a character in his story rather than this being about Oliver. But because it's clearly designed to be a Trump kind of analogy, that's what I'm kind of split on. I don't mind that they've done it, but I almost feel like it's a shame that they've done it. It's it's muddied the water of, of something that I think it was doing quite well, commenting on this aspect of it. And then to put this in just like this hang, throw this hand grenade in, I almost feel like it was a bit of a letdown for me. And I'm still really processing what I think of it. I I'm not really sure what I do think of it. I almost feel like you know what, you you were doing okay without that. But then in this modern world, what I don't know what you would do that wasn't that. And that's what I I'm finding hard to process. So that's my thoughts on it. Anyone who wants to go next, go for it.
1: Okay, well, let me start by saying I understand what they were trying to do. But I agree with you, Tom, in that I don't think they did it in the most effective way. I think there was too much going on, because we this is Raph's story. It mm-hmm. starts with him, it ends with him, and everything that we see are basically his flashbacks. So... I understand uh, Oliver is really more of a plot device than Mm -hmm. a main character. And the thing is, is that they still snuck in, sneaked in. Snuck is actually a word now. Um, (sighs) Look it up. It's in the dictionary. They still sneaked in this commentary, you know, on a sitting president. And... I don't actually have a problem with that in and of itself. And I don't necessarily have a problem with the way that they did it because I feel that, well, part of the ending of the pledge of allegiance says liberty and justice for all liberty, that freedom, that doesn't mean you're free from consequences. That doesn't mean you're free from criticism. That doesn't mean you're free to do whatever you want, but sometimes, uh, That's the way we look at the world is we think that we should be able to do whatever we want. This is why we have governments, because humans cannot be trusted to just behave normally. We cannot be trusted with our own power, because when we do, we run amok. And I wish we were better than that. I wish, Mm -hmm. especially now, we should have grown so much more than this, but we are so busy hating each other. That we're going to just annihilate ourselves. And honestly, I want to get to that better future. I want to get to that place where we can still love each other, appreciate each other, and disagree. But without all of this hate, there is just so much hate. And it's now being spread from our government as well. And anyone who wants to disagree with that is welcome to do so. But there are very hateful things that have come from our sitting president, that have come from the House of Representatives, that have come from the Senate, that have come from the Supreme Court even. Enough! This is the point where we need to start standing up and say no more. Stop this happening. Because when it comes right down to it, we outnumber the government. We outnumber all of those houses. But if we just sit by and just argue with each other, I feel like that's what actually politicians want is for us to disagree. And I think sometimes that's why they make such statements. And it's very childlike. It is very childlike. And so that's why I feel they used Oliver to portray this. Because hmm. Oliver had no idea what treason was. It was the people around him that put that into his head when Raff starts talking to, I believe it was the Secretary of Defense. Nice to see Aaron Douglas again. Haven't really seen yes. you since Star Galactica. Love you, dude. Um, yes. The chief came back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, the chief. Um, sorry, that was probably a little loud. But um, <sighs> yeah, but he's the one. I mean, it's not shown on screen, but it's implied that he's the one that put those words into Oliver's mind and caused the end result of what Raph is facing at the end of the episode. So yeah, it's, it's basically what, what lies do we choose to believe in? What lies do we fight should Mm -hmm. fight all lies (laughs) because when we don't stuff like this actually happens, a kid gets elected or someone who is, maybe not necessarily qualified in world events or whatever. The end result is what we need is to have leadership that reflects the needs of the people, not just themselves. And that's, I think, again, what this episode is commenting, commentating on in an obscure way.
2: Mhm.
1: So, I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever, but
2: <laughs> Yes, it did.
1: Well, uh, one thing I will say, one thing I will say, in the debate when um Oliver is talking about the tax code and he's going back and forth and back and forth, Dave did turn to me and say, "Yeah, that's exactly what the tax code is like. Nobody understands it." <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> so, that was really realistic. Well done. <laughs>
0: See, like i like i told you guys um before we officially started recording when i was watching this i honestly did not see it as an indictment of our sitting president um for me i i took it much more as a, of a broader scope just as our politics in general for me it was a our political system is so screwed here look a kid can do it so, I mean, for, it, it, it felt, I, it was, for me, it was more of a general indictment than a specific indictment, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. The one thing that I was kind of annoyed they didn't go into, they started and I'm like, ooh, here's an angle. And then they never did anything with it was, of course, they were running out of time. But during the quote unquote treason scene, when um, Oliver made the comment about faking his dog's cancer, to get mm. um him back into the, on his side my first thought was again was okay this kid is a little sociopath yeah and i was like okay where is, is all this uh, wh- where where are they going to go with this and i was like oh they're really okay nowhere okay all right all right all right but that that was the one, that, that scene in particular um when he did make that comment i thought it was going to get a lot darker than it actually did That was the moment when I thought if they were going to turn him into our sitting president that from that point on, they would go that way. But because I was like, that's that's the type of stuff that our sitting president might actually say. But um, again, for me, it was mostly it, it was really much more of an indictment of our political situation in general but uh, now thinking about it i can see where the comparisons and 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 that idea fits in and i'm like hey if that's what they were going for okay but as as i've said before that's the one fun thing about art is um once it is officially released into the world and i've done this before too it's not it's not the creator's anymore Every, everybody has their own interpretation
2: i think there are still lots of things there no matter what your political persuasion that are quite universal, you know. They wanted to put him there and they thought that, well, the, the machinery of government is there, it's in place, it doesn't matter who we put at the centre of it, it'll be fine. But then they put Oliver at the centre of it and people change around him rather than him changing to be within the system, and I thought that was really quite fascinating because that ha- that happens throughout history. So I-, I think they did paint that quite well. I think obviously because you know of your sitting president, people people are going to link that to Trump. So I don't know, you know. I mean let's get into overall thoughts I'm still very mixed on it to be honest there was a lot that I did like in it and and I'm totally down with exploring this this kind of aspect it was very Twilight Zone in that this cosmic justice thing he's put all this in place he has engineered this and then he's like oh my god what have I done and he, he pays the ultimate price for it so I'm happy with it as a Twilight Zone how explicit they wanted to be with the the whole thing about Donald Trump maybe it'll be one to look back on in a few years time and and see it differently but right now i'm not i'm i'm really quite mixed on it i don't know i would say out of the five it's probably my least favourite for now and whereas episode 4 kind of rose in my estimation each time i watched it this one hasn't really done that yet you know so I don't know. I'm not too sure on this one.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, Tom. So mm-hmm. I, I have mixed feelings. And in fact, after watching it the first time, I just sat there for a moment thinking, I've got to talk about this on Saturday. <laughs> I, I don't know. Why what, did volunteer I volunteer for this one? <laughs> I just, I, oh, I said I was up for anything. And now the universe is saying, "Ha ha." <laughs> <laughs> They're just that's why I'm just I can't quantify exactly how I feel, so I just have to go with mixed feelings. Because, Mm -hmm. um, and to be fair, I think that I still feel like possibly Raph didn't deserve the horrible, probable death that he got simply because at the center of all of it was this kid who was a master manipulator, Mm -hmm. he outmanipulated the master manipulator. And he's only 11. Lord, what is he going to do when he's an adult? <laughs> that's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And no one is stopping him. So I just, I there are so many aspects I like. And then there are some that just give me pause. And I I would have to say right now that I can't say it's that's my least favorite or where it falls within. Because I'm so ambivalent about it. I don't. I can't come down it with any concrete feelings about. Yes, good episode. No good. Not a good episode. Or somewhere in the middle. I'm just the mm-hmm. is how I how I describe how I feel about this episode.
0: This kind of continued my feelings for this whole show so far. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, like I said, I didn't, I, I, for some reason did not see the, the, the immediate political, not influences. That's not the word I'm looking for. The, the, the immediate political, um, I don't know what word I'm looking for. Let me rephrase. It was Okay. It was okay, uh, like I, like I said, the writer in me. I liked how it was crafted. I thought there were a couple. There, there was some really, really, really good dialogue in it, but um, I don't know if we're if if we're if we're gonna get into. And, and I mean, I it definitely felt like a Twilight Zone episode, and that was like you said earlier, Tom. But I'm mm. like, if we're gonna get into the human condition, I kind of would rather have. A um monsters are due on Maple Street than a Manchurian candidate, if you know what I mean right i'd rather I'd rather it be a much a, a, a story about people than a story about like politics. you know
2: this isn't coming out right I think I know what you mean you know I think maybe at the moment you're hankering for one of those universal Twilight Zone kind of messages from back in the day that no matter who you are, you can kind of get on board with it. I want
0: a Monsters or do on Maple Street, exactly. You know, thank you, Tom. Yes, that is what I am trying to say. <laughs> and that is something that I haven't gotten yet.
2: Right, right.
0: I've like, like I said, I mean, it's, again, it's still early on, and every show that I watch that I've met, well, I may not be loving in the beginning, there's always at least one episode that just absolutely grabs me and makes me go, okay, I am on board. And um, I've been liking the show, but it hasn't given me that episode yet. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not angry about it. I mean, I'm actually I can't wait for that episode because I know it's going to be a humdinger. It's just that I'm still waiting for the for lack of a better word, quintessential Twilight Zone from this new iteration, and I'm sure they're going to get there. I just don't know how long it's going to take.
2: You know, although I am a bit mixed on it and a bit undecided. I'm I'm still fine with the show. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to be one of those doomsayers who if there is like a bad episode, I'm like the show is doomed now. It's all over, you know. But not at all. It's just okay, well, let's see what they've got for me next week. And I I just think when when all this is said and done this season, I just feel uh, someone on the listener show, Harold, who's, who's put some great feedback in, said that Glenn Morgan said that the theme of the show is, is what's real, you know. And it might not be a specific story arc. It might just be a theme for this season. And the theme might be that look how strange our world has become in the, in the, in the last 10 years. And, you know, next season, it might be a different theme and they'll examine different things. And they might be more about, you know, loneliness, this, that, and the other, the, the more human condition aspects to it. So that that's why I'm, you know, I, I think they've earned the chance to just, you know, do your thing. They, they've they obviously got a plan and I'm, I'm happy to kind of sit back and let them let them do it if you like.
0: I agree. Well said, yeah. well said.
2: Okay, so I think we're, we're gonna leave it there with this episode. It's going to be interesting to hear what the listeners think on the listener feedback show. There's already been some um, thoughts come in, which is great. So I think everyone knows what the routine is by now. So the next Twilight Zone episode is going to drop on the 2nd of May, which is a Thursday. And if you can get your feedback in for that one on the Sunday the 5th and then I will put the listener feedback show together. This episode is going out on the 27th, so if you're listening today on the 27th, then you have until the 28th if you want to add your voice to it. To do that, you just need to email me at tz2019 at com. Guys, it's been such a a treat to speak to you. You know, I always love speaking to you, and hopefully it won't be too long till we do it again. Now, uh, Brandy, you have told us you've been on the show so often now people probably know but why not give it another spin tell us where they can get you online if if they want to check out your other stuff
1: well some things have ended f- temporarily so <laughs> but uh, you can find me on twitter at brandywine12 and you can uh, find me if you wanted to friend me on facebook i'm getting kind of a little more uh, particular about who I allow friend me, because there has been some harassment that has happened there, and uh, and I do not tolerate that. So I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm intolerant about harassment. Sorry to <laughs> <laughs> to say that. <laughs> but uh, yeah you can always find me on the Dark Corner Podcast with my wonderful husband Dave and we share our love of many nerdy things in fact I'm pretty sure the next episode is going to be completely about um, Avengers Endgame which we are seeing in a few hours
0: ooh I saw it Thursday shut night shut
1: up shut up shut up
0: I'm not going to say a word <laughs> okay. I would not do that
1: shush, shush. Mm. So, I am shush uh, you can find that at darkcornerpodcast.com And uh, normally I would be telling you about Live from the Edge, which is our Star Trek Discovery reaction show, live reaction show on YouTube, but Star Trek Discovery season two is over. And I'm kind of wondering what I'm supposed to do with my life now. so. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, season two is amazing. And so uh, when new episodes of Discovery come about, that will go back on the air. And I'm hoping they do more short treks again this time because it's really fun to cover mm-hmm. those as well. So you'll eventually see me there again. Um, and other than that, I, I don't really have any other irons in the fire right this second. But there's always things on the horizon.
2: Great, great. Jeff, where can people get a hold of you and check out your stuff?
0: Um, okay, I am not on Facebook. I haven't been on Facebook in several years and I haven't missed it, but you can find me on uh, Twitter at the uh, Slumgullion, S L U M G U L L I O N. And um, our website for my show is the slumgullion.com. There is also a few pieces of the old Mike and Ike stuff that is on that website. Scott has graciously allowed me to put it on there. Um, I am looking for, I think I might have a more permanent home for the um, Mike and Ike stuff that was saved from the Great Geek Planet Purge. <laughs> so I, the the the, um, the stuff may return in a format someplace somewhere. Mm-hmm. But other than that, slumgullion.com and... Um, And you can get me on Twitter and on my Twitter feed, that's where I'll be posting like the stuff for the um, Halloween commentary and how to get the album and stuff like that. And, and, one real piece of shameless self-promotion I am putting my immortal aliens the comedy album my immortal alien Stoners Mike and Ike I am putting them in a fire sign theater style audio adventure and if anybody out there knows who the fire sign theater is, I hope you guys are going oh Lord
2: great stuff all right I look forward to those man I look forward to those well guys it's it's been a real pleasure thanks so much for coming on and uh, you know hopefully we'll speak again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now, normally, I would be saying our next episode is the listener feedback episode, and it is. And then I would say the episode after that is going to be the Mission to Mars one. I don't even know what that one's called, to be honest. But because we're at the halfway point, I know a lot of listeners, some people haven't got CBS All Access. Some people live in England and haven't even got away to see the new Twilight Zone. And I thank them, well, they're not even listening to this because they haven't seen it, but but I do thank them for being so patient. And I wanna kinda throw them a little bone in the meantime just to kinda keep them ticking over. So after the listener feedback show for this, there is going to be um, a short story reading because the next classic Twilight Zone episode is based on a short story and I'm gonna read that story. And then there will be an episode of the classic Twilight Zone podcast looking at the original show. So we're at the halfway point. And to kind of say thank you to those people for being so patient. And hopefully if any new listeners out there haven't checked out the classic Twilight Zone podcast, it'll be a taste of what that is for you as well. So this is what I normally do. Let's go over to Rod Serling. To see what's coming up next.
0: And now, Mr. Serling. Next week, an exceptionally fine actor named Theodore Bickell portrays a misguided kook who fancies himself some kind of guardian of law and order. He decides that it's his mission in life to eradicate evil the world over. Now, this one is told very far out, but considering the nature of the times, it happens to be very close in. Next week, an exercise in insanity. It's called 4 o'clock. Set your watches and come on in.